Today, we're sort of looking now to um, a whole other set of initiatives around digital change, digital maturity, uh, use of data in organizations to drive better decision making, uh, change management, uh, a lo uh, localization, which is uh, because our organizations work in so many countries. Hello, and welcome to Goalmakers, a podcast about world affairs and global development as told from the perspective of leaders, experts, and practitioners. Goalmakers is produced by Global Washington, a network of nonprofit, for-profit, and funder organizations working to improve lives in low- and middle-income countries. To learn more, visit us at www.globalwa.org. I'm your host, Joel Myers, Director of Communications for Global Washington. Hello and welcome to episode seven of our Goalmakers podcast. Today, Kristen Daly, Executive Director of Global Washington, interviews Lance Pierce, CEO of NetHope. For those of you who are unfamiliar with NetHope, they're a consortium of global nonprofits working across geographies and missions to solve some of the world's greatest development, humanitarian, and conservation challenges. NetHope's 65 nonprofit members and 70 technology partners collaborate to leverage digital solutions for exponential impact. Collectively, NetHope members deliver more than 60% of all annual international non-governmental aid, serving over 1.2 billion people in 190 countries. Pretty impressive. Also, NetHope invites you to join their annual global summit held in Munich, Germany, October 17th through 19th, and virtually on October 23rd through 24th. You can learn more at www.nethopeglobalsummit.org. That's nethopeglobalsummit.org. All right, let's get into it. Kristen, take it away. Welcome, everyone. I'm Kristen Daly, the Executive Director of Global Washington, and I'm very excited to be here with Lance Pierce from NetHope. We're going to have a conversation today to learn more about NetHope. Um, Lance is the CEO at NetHope, and just briefly, NetHope is an organization that works with nonprofits and for-profit companies for collective action on some of the world's most pressing problems using technology and uh, leveraging technology. They have a coalition right now of 65 organizations. So we're excited to learn more about NetHope today. Lance himself comes from a background in technology and sustainable investing and served most recently as a president of CDP North America, formerly known as the Carbon Disclosure Project. And in this capacity, he worked with on partnerships with the UN, the World Bank, and large companies. He also served as executive director of Cirrus, that is an investor in corporate sustainability organization. So he has extensive background in both the for-profit and working on partnerships, large-scale partnerships around the world. So with that, let's begin. I just have a couple of questions, Lance. Thank you so much for being here. As I mentioned, Lance, uh, you worked at several companies and organizations, and I'm wondering if you could tell us more about how these roles and experiences have shaped your uh, starting at NetHope. Well, thank you, Kristen, very much. It's a real pleasure to be here on the Global Washington podcast. Um, we at NetHope have 
a lot of uh, longstanding connections to the Seattle area uh, and to Washington State from our corporate partners to uh, some number of our members to uh, many staff over the years uh, and a lot of work that we've done in collaboration with the, the great community there in Seattle. So I uh, really, really appreciate the opportunity to to kind of share a little bit about some of what we're doing and, and for me to reconnect with Global Washington and all the work that you're doing. So I, I appreciate that. I've, uh, yeah, I have had um, a number of uh, different experiences before uh, coming to NetHope, uh, most recently working in sustainable finance and and climate change and climate policy, as you mentioned. But um, it's funny, I, I, my origin story with NetHope is I actually remember where I was when NetHope was founded. I was um, in the tech sector in New York, working uh, with, at the time, one of the large interactive agencies in lower Manhattan. Um, I had clients in investment banking and consumer goods and uh, management consulting and real estate and some other, some other clients. Um, and I had um, come into that space um, having worked with the UN system, having worked in international development, and having spent time in those areas and was interested in bringing the, you know, kind of then as it was called the new media and bringing the internet more directly uh, to bear on some of the problems that development and humanitarian organizations faced. And I remember uh, learning about this thing called NetHope that was founded by this group of international organizations and a, a few companies at the time. And I thought, wow, what an interesting place. You know, wouldn't it be fun to work there? Because they seem like they're working on uh, a lot of stuff that uh, that I'm interested in working on. And so, you know, never say never, uh, you know, some years later, uh, now, uh, a lot of years later, uh, you know, I got the opportunity to uh, to come over and uh, and join the NetHope team and and as they refer to it, the NetHope family, uh, which it really is, it's a it's a, a group of people who've been collaborating in various ways over the last two decades to use digital data and partnerships to really kind of further the work of our member organizations, uh, you know, on behalf of people in places everywhere. So, um, so it's just it's one of those organizations that I have has, even in the years when I didn't work here and wasn't directly in the community, always had it on my radar. Um, and it's been just a, such a privilege and a treat for me to be able to uh, to kind of come over and and join this great community and and to be able to to play a role in helping take it to where it wants to go next. That's fantastic. That that's a great story that that you saw it in its founding and and really have been following it. So that's exciting. I like that. Never say never. <laughs> it's good. Exactly. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about NetHope's founding of of what problem they were trying to solve or why did you, as you mentioned, the organizations come together to, to form NetHope? So 22 years ago now, a um, gentleman by the name of Ed Happ, who um, is sort of the, the, the really the founder of NetHope originally, Ed was, was in the, the IT and technology team at Save the Children and was likewise interested in uh, trying to, to look at, at the, the new technologies to figure out what's the, what's, what are the applications here for transforming the field? Um, what are the, the things that can be done to really you know, support work uh, in the service of human dignity, uh, human development, uh, human potential, not just in places that had a lot of money and resources, but really all over the world. He wrote a paper called Wiring the Global Village is a very short paper. You can find it on the NetHope website. Um, but it was really kind of formulating this idea that um, that uh, nonprofits needed to come together to uh, to really work on this problem collectively. 
and they couldn't do it alone. They needed the private sector at the table because that's where the innovators were. That's where the resources were. And as much as anything, it was an attempt to get the big companies who were at the time, you know, really focused on making markets and building new products and trying to get to scale um, with all of the things that they were working on, but to also get some portion of that mind share to say, hey, you know, in addition to building out your markets and, and getting market share in all of these places that are well resourced, you need to start thinking about uh, the people who don't have access to that and uh, the people who, who you could be working with and who would benefit greatly if you did. Um, and we, the these group of nonprofits, there were seven uh, nonprofits, all of whom are still engaged with NetHope today, uh, who came together um, and sat down and, and worked um, initially with Cisco, was uh, sort of the first company at the table, but Microsoft and Accenture soon followed. And we've been working with all of those uh, three companies also in, in various ways. And we've got a a long list of corporate partners that we we now work with and and you know part of our job is to really figure out how to to work with the vast resources of the IT sector to help them think about how can you work through NetHope to support the work of the NetHope member organizations these are the 65 international nonprofits that you mentioned uh at the head of the program and um those 65 organizations collectively serve over 1.2 billion people in over 190 countries, and they represent over 60% of all the international aid spent through the not-for-profit sector every year. So uh, it is a large platform for engagement, and we try to find ways to work closely with the private sector. It was really, partnership was in our DNA. It was, it, it's why we were founded in a way. And so we've always worked with, with, uh, with technology leaders around the world. We want to try to work with them to get them to apply their talent, skills, and abilities to really uplift the sector, help the sector deliver their missions better and more effectively. And you know, I'm 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 pleased to say that over the years, the number of companies surrounding NetHope has also grown. So not only have we gone from a, a seven organizations to to 65 and 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 truly global scale in the reach of service that they offer, but we've also gone. Uh, up to uh, uh, you know 60, 70 companies that are also working uh, have, working with us actively or have worked with us in recent years uh, to really uh, try to, to help the sector do what it does better and more effectively on behalf of the people they serve. That's great. And it does sound like it it, it is more in partnership and collaboration, a, a coalition rather than a company that might just give a nonprofit software or a grant, right? You're, you're problem solving with the companies is that right we try to do that wherever we can uh we 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 do offer um things like uh you know uh products or services from companies on occasion um and in fact in the early days of nethope that was sort of uh, a lot of the initial offering because not-for-profits didn't always have adequate resources to procure these things and so we were a channel for getting newer, better technology in the hands of organizations that really needed to use it. And we still do some of that, but um, that's sort of the, the the icing on the cake these days rather than the whole cake, uh, because, you know, our members are also, uh, for the most part, much more sophisticated than they were. They've got, uh, they, they've got their own dedicated teams and resources. We've, we've gone from, um, you know, in the early days of you know, working on things like basic connectivity to really get people online because where our member organizations worked a lot of times, you know, the countries were not online. 
uh, 22 years ago. So that was sort of the early days of NetHope. And then later we worked a lot on kind of tools and services because then once people got online, they didn't have the tools and resources to adequately work there. So we spent a lot of time working on that. You know, and today we're sort of looking now to um, a whole other set of initiatives around digital change, digital maturity, uh, use of data in organizations to drive better decision-making, uh, change management, localization, which is uh, because our organizations work in so many countries that uh, that they've got, they work under multiple federated structures. And so uh, in some sense, uh, that that's, that's creeping into the digital systems that they use, the digital governance and management. So we're we're working now on a broader landscape because our member organizations are working on a broader landscape. So we want to evolve to not only meet them where they are, but hopefully go to where they're going next. That's great. No, that's that sounds like a perfect evolution of your organization. That's that's really good. Um, so tell us more because what what I know is there's four major initiatives for Net Hope, um, including skills and leadership that you just mentioned for the digital age digital protection and inclusion, emergency preparedness and response, and climate intersections. So those are fantastic strategic initiatives that I think you're doing. Um, can you tell us maybe briefly about them or to pick one that you think is a big priority coming up in 2023? Well, these four initiatives are going to be part of our um, new strategic plan that we're in the process of working on today with our board and our staff. In fact, in about two weeks, we're going to be off at our first uh, in-person staff retreat uh, since before COVID. And we'll be workshopping some of the new material that we're, we're coming together. Uh, but these, these four initiatives are going to be there in one form or another <clears throat> once we get through the, the planning process. I did talk a little bit about skills and leadership. That's really kind of thinking about the leadership challenges uh, as organizations become more digital and, and digital tools, services, and data collection and use become distributed everywhere in organizations. So that's that's certainly an area. Digital protection is certainly an area that um, has, uh, has has been rising very quickly for us uh, since the start of the pandemic and and it's accelerated since the the, the start of hostilities in Ukraine. Um, the number of cyber attacks on uh, not-for-profit organizations has increased exponentially, um, according uh, to uh, to some analysis that uh, when nation-state actors, so these are countries with military-grade technology, when they look for someone to attack or targets that they want to hack into, the first target they attack are other governments, and the second target that they attack are not-for-profit organizations. And uh, if you're a sovereign nation state, you're not looking to you know, ransom someone's payroll. Uh, that's not the reason that you would go after an organization. Uh, if you're a country, you don't need their money. Uh, but what you might want is their data. You might want to know if are they working with political dissident populations in, in refugee communities? Are they working on services uh, that uh, would prevent... Uh, uh, things like uh, smuggling of endangered species, if you're if for our conservation member organizations, for example, that might serve as a source of foreign exchange for, for uh, some some governments that want to operate below the radar. Uh, are they looking for people who uh, might uh, be political targets in their country? It, it's also believed that uh, not only might a government want to know 
who those political targets are that our members might be serving, they might also want to know who are the employees of our member organizations who are providing that service and where do they live in case that information is valuable. If, um, if there's private donor money funding the work with those populations, they may want to know who's funding that work and why and what are their motivations. So uh, this is a situation that's only going to continue. And uh, we've been working collectively with uh, colleagues in industry and uh, with USAID and others to help launch something that we're calling the, the uh, Global Humanitarian Information Sharing and Analysis Center, or ISAC, which will be sort of the next generation of our digital protection program. And that's really designed to provide kind of a collective approach to helping the sector identify threats, take on board information, and helping nonprofits build their capacity to better manage uh, the threat information and be able to make better decisions on the basis of it. And, and part of the premise there is that, you know, as a, as a modern day organization, you can't do your work without, cap, without collecting data and because that's going to drive all of your programs. If you don't have some reasonable assurances of being able to protect the data, then you cannot responsibly collect it. And so nonprofits are never going to be funded to go out and acquire military grade protection the way that banks and other uh, other utilities and transportation companies and other targets could. So the solution is to adapt what industry did 30 years ago when it went online, when the banking sector went online 30 years ago, they created an ISAC and all the other industry sectors today that uh, are at risk of being attacked also have ISACs. Uh, we're working to develop one of those and adapt that model for to make it fit for purpose for the humanitarian sector. And we believe this is going to be critical for them to operate both safely and responsibly uh, as they go forward. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and just briefly, you, you mentioned the other the other two programs, which are, are, are worth just to mention as well. So our emergency preparedness work, our emergency response work is among the oldest work of NetHope. We've been working alongside members in emergency response situations for uh, 20 years now, and uh, we're continuing that work, and we're reinventing it uh, along the lines of localization. It's increasingly the case that uh, people in communities that are adversely affected by natural disasters um, need to be able and, and could be able to restore their own digital services uh, if they had the capacity to do that. Um, so we're trying to be less of the people in helicopters who show up and more of the people who are working with communities to help prepare them to do the work themselves in the future uh, so that uh, they're, they're better able to, to address their own needs locally, domestically, and within their own resources. And our climate work, of course, is uh, brand new. And that's in part because of my background. I spent a lot of time um, prior to coming to NetHope working both in sustainable finance and climate policy. And um, we know from talking to all of our member organizations, and, and in fact, for all of our companies as well, everyone is dealing with climate change issues in one way or another. And everyone is involved uh, in one way or another, either with mitigation of greenhouse gases, with adaptation to a changing climate or extreme weather events, or trying to be more resilient to those things in the future. It's in every strategic plan of every member organization in one way or another. And so we've done the research to really try to understand that landscape and um, have launched a program called Climate Intersections, which is really looking at the, the nexus of solutions, opportunities, and actions 
at the at the intersection of the the IT sector, the traditional sort of Silicon Valley companies, the traditional sort of you know uh, Seattle headquartered companies that have always been technology leaders, our uh, organizations that do work in uh, humanitarian relief and long-term development, as well as our conservation organizations. Uh, NetHope is mostly known for our humanitarian development members, but we actually have some number of the largest uh, conservation organizations who are working on nature-based solutions to climate change, working on climate policy, working on a number of things, and who have active collaborations with the humanitarian sector. And we're pulling some of that around digital, around data, around tech sector partnerships into NetHope so that we can help focus that and, and perhaps develop some solutions and approaches that uh, could either that have already been tested and could be scaled, or or that there may be some new ideas at those intersections that really haven't yet to have yet to be identified, um, and and therefore we might be able to catalyze some new thinking. That's fantastic. Though just those four strategic initiatives sound like huge humanitarian global crises that you're working on. Um, the the work that you mentioned through ISAC is only, like you said, is only going to be a growing problem. It's interesting at Global Washington, we've seen a rise in human rights organizations in the mm -hmm. past five years. And again, global context and nonprofits getting more involved in that. And as you said, the protection of data in that in, in human rights work is incredibly critical. So, and it's fantastic that you're working on this because I do think nonprofits in particular feel alone in this process and figuring it out and it, it's it's hard to figure out the the digital protection that's that's the right fit for each nonprofit so um I can't wait to hear more about that so with that work with climate intersections can you tell us a little bit more of your perspective around nonprofits and technology in terms of what you think the most pressing need is in the short term or the long term you you've mentioned these but can you give a broader picture of what you think nonprofits should be paying attention to right now? Well, one of the things that we um, we observe and we talk to our members about a lot is that um, independent of all of the, you know, the transformations that are happening in technology, the world is an increasingly volatile place. And so, you know, just for example, we have some number of organizations that work on refugee issues. We have a an all-time high in human history of refugees today. That number is only going up. And, and if you look at the number of uh, climate-driven natural disasters happening around the world, the number of, you know, 100-year, 50-year, 500-year storms or weather events, you know, seem to be happening, you know, a lot sooner than 100 or 500 years. They're happening, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, once or twice a year, depending on where you look. And so th there's a there's a lot of volatility in the world. And um, NetHope members have traditionally come together through NetHope as a, in a place of trust. We have, um, thankfully, throughout most of our history, um, and this is a real credit to the community that that comes together through NetHope, avoided a lot of the, you know, kind of destructive, um, um, competitive pressures that happen when organizations get together. Uh, you know, it's like, it's an, you know, I don't think it's probably any secret to people who listen to you that, you know, uh, not-for-profits compete uh, often as uh, aggressively as for-profit entities do. And it's just sort of an unfortunate fact of, you know, the need to compete for funding. 
Um, and that is not always, sometimes that can be helpful. It forces people to be at their best, but it's not always helpful. NetHope has had this uh, wonderful place of convening uh, on the basis of trust where people actually have been able to come together and share sensitive information, uh, find ways to work together uh, collaboratively to help each other solve each other's problems. And that's just been one of the great strengths of this community. And so I think um, as the world continues to be more volatile, we want to be a place where our member organizations, when they come, uh, you know, we can't solve all those problems. But in our remit of working on digital transformation, working on, you know, better and more thoughtful use of digital tools, of data, uh, around, you know, new standards for how organizations work together, um, uh, and ways that we can move the sector forward. Um, we want to be more of a place where people come to work together to solve to solve problems in a place of trust, in a place of collaboration. Um, we're happy for organizations, whether there are nonprofits or whether there are corporate partners, to compete outside of NetHope. And what we ask is that when you come together through NetHope, that you you know set that aside for a little bit. It'll be there when you come. It'll be there when you when you step outside the NetHope you know community or space that we convene. But when you're here working with us. Uh, let's try to think about what we could do together. And uh, and so that that we want to be a place of that even more because I think that's going to be in short supply. And uh, the world is going to need us and 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 others to do more of that as we um, we figure out what are our responses to this ever-changing world that uh, that we, that, we, that seem to seems to be you know rolling out before us here for the next uh, several years at least. Yeah, again, really critical to to the future of, global development of problem solving and how we all work together. I mean, you know, that's that's what Global Washington is about too and creating that sense of trust. So fantastic. And um, at our conference recently, uh, one of our uh, speakers from Starbucks you know, talks about in Starbucks, they call this the complete don't compete and having that bringing people together to, to really have that mindset of, of how you can help each other of what you just said and creating that atmosphere and membership organizations can do that in terms of building that trust. Can you maybe continue along that lines of, of really talking about how you create those partnerships in the, the co-creation model and give maybe an example of how you brought your group together? I know some of these, like the initiatives, it's not going to be solved tomorrow and it's an ongoing collaboration, but can you describe a little bit more maybe around maybe around disaster relief or around a specific initiative that you did that where you can bring people together and, and describe how that happened, the, the partnership model. Mm -hmm. A few years ago, um, NetHope founded um, uh, kind of an in-house uh, body that uh, we call the NetHope Center for the Digital Nonprofit. And um, the NetHope CDN is um, a, a place where we, uh, on a regular basis, we actually convene uh, members of industry to come in and uh, to talk uh, in a shared way about things that NetHope is planning to do, NetHope strategy. Um, we talk about their, you know, interests and capabilities, how that gets expressed, not only through their products, but also through whatever their uh, corporate responsibility initiatives might be, or their own sustainability aspirations, or, you know, uh, commitments of that nature. And we we try to work with them, uh, you know, again, to find out the ways in which 
that uh, we can help them better support uh, the sector that we convene and the membership. Um, and so that's that's something that we we do. Uh, we we convene that group uh, regularly. We sit down with them and and we have regular dialogues. And they are among the world's technology leaders. So that's a, a, a one body that we we stand up to to have that conversation. For our 20th anniversary, we launched a uh, uh, we launched a fund. It's called the NetHope Collective Impact Fund. And um, that was a, um, a program that was stood up really kind of in the name of how the NetHope community has, has a history of coming together to do things that no one of us could do alone. And uh, in the spirit of that, we wanted to try to seed some new catalytic work that, uh, that, that would be uh, beneficial for the organization. So we, we actually, uh, we, we seeded some of our initial climate work out of that fund that has led to now a sustaining grant that we've got to, to operate that program for the next couple of years while we flesh it out. We've launched a, a program uh, through that fund called the Women of NetHope, which is a women's peer-to-peer -peer leadership networking and coaching program that is uh, that is global. It, we've got um, this incredible group of women, women leaders um, in the NetHope community who are providing each other with guidance, professional advice, career advice, peer coaching, mentoring, learning, really with an eye to um, helping people be, uh, be become the professional that they want to be in the field and then better able to serve all of the, the people that our member organizations serve. And, um, and we've also um, uh, are uh, providing uh, kind of a similar uh, grant-making framework as part of our um, global humanitarian ISAC and our digital, pre our digital protection work, where we've got member organizations who want to protect themselves better, don't have the capacity to do it. We're providing through some of the funds we've raised to do grant-making into our members to really help them build the capacity to be the kind of organization they have to become in order to manage in the world that we have. That's fantastic. It's, it, it's good to provide, you know, a space for people to problem solve and then some resources to get started. Like you said, the seeding of it. Fantastic. That's good. Um, so you talked about some big problems in the world that need work, need solving, need effort, and, and the nonprofits you work with really taking on the climate disasters and others. Can you talk a little bit more about what you're most hopeful in the future? I know this this work can be daunting. <laughs> Is there something that that gives you hope for the future? Well, I think the thing that I get really excited and hopeful about, uh, I mean, you know, look, there's a lot to be um, sad, depressed, angry, upset about in the world. Um, it, it's uh, there are a lot of issues, uh, but if I think about, you know, the things that really get me optimistic and get me excited, it's it's in part the kind of the spirit of collaboration, the spirit of, of creativity, uh, the spirit of humanity that I, you know, really have the privilege of getting to see every day in the NetHope community. Um, you know, I wish I could take credit for some of it. This credit, this, this community predates me by, you know, two decades and, um, and it, it, it's just an inspiration to be able to see how people come together, uh, to be able to, to, to learn, to solve problems, to, you know, we, we really can do a lot together if we actually kind of set some of our, um, you know, grievances and concerns aside. And, um, and that hope's really been a place where people have always done that. And so, um, I think as I, you know, think about what I, I hope we could do more of is that I'd like to, you know, expand the circle of our ability to do that. I'd like to be able to actively facilitate 
um, the more of that through the community, because I think if we can do that, we will uh, at, at minimum, uh, you know, at minimum, we'll be a great place to work and we'll do some great work. Uh, but at best, we actually might be able to provide some solutions and, and some real interventions that uh, wouldn't happen otherwise and that could have some measurable impact on uh, the people and places that, that we and our member organizations seek to serve all over the world. Well, I can't wait to see what comes out of your new strategic plan and the work that you're doing. It's really been fantastic to watch NetHook grow over the years and um, so needed to, again, work in a coalition and also really specific on the work of technology and solving these problems. So thank you so much for talking with us today. Um, anything else you want to leave with our, our listening audience? Um, it's uh, great to be uh, connected to Global Washington, and it's great to uh, to be able to take part in all the great work that you do. And uh, I uh, am looking forward to my next trip to Seattle so we can have a chance to deepen some of these conversations and maybe in person with uh, friends, colleagues, co-workers and fellow travelers along the way. So thanks so much, Kristen. I really appreciate it. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Lance. Uh, with that, we'll end our podcast for today and look forward to hearing the next podcast we'll have coming up in the next few months. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lance and Kristen. We feel very honored to have such an amazing organization as a member of our global support community. And it's great to hear NetHope is tracking the new developments in technology and monitoring and creating solutions for the challenges of cyberspace adoption that affects so many nonprofits today. Thank you, NetHope, and thank you again, Lance, for spending time with us. Next up, an interview with Isam Ghanim. Isam joined Child Fund International as its new president and CEO on March 1, 2022. Child Fund was established in 1938 to support children in all stages of development. Child Fund works in 24 countries through 261 local partner organizations and in 2021 helped support 16.2 million children and family members through their programs. Depend on volunteers from the area or the location and therefore they have very deep knowledge about the social, political and economic situation. They know how to raise the voices of those affected. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Goalmakers, a podcast about world affairs and global development. For more information about our thriving global development community, global news, and member community events, visit us at www.globalwa.org. Until next time, take care and be safe.